Drum roll! Guys, we are finally in season two! We're so excited to have you guys here again and we have so many surprises for you in this season and we hope you enjoy them. Let's get into the episode. Hi guys, welcome to the Cut Red Handed Podcast. This is season two, episode two. In this episode, we are reading a book, um, What Happens, What, what It Means, means When a Man Falls from the Sky by Leslie Neka Arima. And it's a collection of short stories, and we read the first four chapters. And before we discuss that, we're going to go into the week recap, and I'll start. So my name is Jumebi, and... Um, this week was good <laughs> was good and stressful um i started um, remodeling or redesigning my living room because i never had anything in my living room so um i got like a bookcase and like tv stand and some other things and i've been like setting Ooh. them up so <laughs> i'm now a professional in setting up stuff. I was scared to set it up before, but now I, I don't have any fears. So I can order anything now because I can set it up. So I'm excited. So yeah, I just want to set up like a station so that because I'm working from home. So I just want to have a station where I can work comfortably. Since in the, <laughs> the pandemic doesn't seem to be going soon. So I just want to get comfortable where I am until everything settles out. So that's me. Moyo. Mama. Yeah, so my week, my week was basically just normal. A week, it was just a week. Mm, looking forward to exciting weeks, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Standard. What did you have? For, what did you have to eat today? I had cocoa puffs for breakfast, <laughs> and I just rounded up dinner about some couple of, I think, thirty minutes ago, and it was just um, white rice and stew. Oh, do you make it? Because I know you've been okay. a cook. You've been posting stuff. <laughs> Thanks to where I am. I'm stuck on making my food by myself. So sad. <laughs> you look yes. excited when you're making it, but now when you're talking about it, you don't sound excited. I think I've, I think I've, I think I've gotten over the excitement that comes with it. Right now, it's the burden I'm going through. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you can notice, you stop seeing snaps and, and all those things, right? Exactly. It's true. It was baking like, up like cakes. Have we even shown Oh, it's not exciting at first. Yeah, I understand you. Until it becomes mundane. It's tiring. Okay. Victor. Yes. You know what to do. You're saying yes. (laughs) Go go for it and continue. (laughs) All right. my week was fast, seriously fast. I didn't even know that the week was gone until it was already gone. Wow. So, yeah, I didn't really notice anything that happened this week. But 
All right. Other than the fact that um, it was a week of getting free from entanglements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that mean? Do you mean like human entanglement or do you mean like spiritual entanglement? Physical entanglements. Or is it emotional entanglement? Or how like I think it's emotional. Yeah. Emotional Nobody that. Yeah. Maybe it's a bit of both. It doesn't have to be one. Okay. Come for describe your week. My week was fine. I started my part-time job, my new part-time job. Um, and, oh, I went paintballing with a couple of friends. Woo-hoo-hoo. I don't know what you call a couple. We lot. Yeah, and it was like, it wasn't like, you know, it was kind of like a marked out forest area, like in the woods. And it was really fun was really exhausting. We had like several rounds. You know. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that was exciting. But when I was done, hmm, my body was aching. So yeah, I had some form of excitement this week. Going into the stories, the first two stories, I I I felt they were a little confusing to me. I was following it and then it would enter somebody else's story and the story into a story. It was a very creative way that she wrote and I liked it, but it was just, I guess, not what I expected. So I was shocked. But they were interesting stories. I especially loved the last two more than the first two. Um, yeah. So does anybody want to describe the first two stories? Yeah, we sort of have to like give you a summary for each of them. Yeah. yeah. Even though I'm not exactly sure how you want to tell the story to be any shorter than it already is. Uh, what was the first story? The first story was kind of... She wrote it in a... Um, I don't even know how to describe what she wrote it in. It was like she was telling everybody's story, you know, from the very beginning. And then mm-hmm. at the final line, that's when she told us what happened. Like yeah. From the beginning, she had been saying... Um, she didn't know that behind her was, she turned up to the door, but she didn't know that behind her was, dig it. And then she started talking about everybody's story, how the mom, you know, lived in the Biafran times, like, you know, when the Biafran civil war actually started, you know, and how the mom went from being a rich daughter, a rich man's daughter, to being a pauper that was stealing yams. Or was attempting to steal yams and she couldn't even do that well. And then she met the dad. Right. And who else story did she talk about? The point was she so after that she gave birth to two daughters. Uh-huh. She named the first one Biafra, like in a sarcastic, you know, way. Not a nice way. But in a sarcastic way, like that she hated what the Biafran civil war had done to her, you know, and mm-hmm. her family. And because of that, everybody called her Bibi. You know, because nobody wants to stick with the Biafra's part. And then she gave birth to her second daughter, which was Ezine. Ezima, sorry. And um the two of them were never close, I guess. Um yeah, they were never really close. And eventually, Bibi met a guy that is rich. 
and could provide her all the wealth that her family could not provide for her. So she mm-hmm. decided to live with that one. And, you know, okay, I was listening to Pastor King's message on um, mistakes single ladies make, and then he was talking about how... <laughs> Why are we going? He was talking about how important other relationships are when you are in an actual relationship. Yeah. yeah, that just sounds weird. But like when you're in a um, man and woman type of relationship, right? That is also important to remember your other relationship, like relationship with your parents, relationship with your friends, because yeah. there's the potential for you to be blind because mm-hmm. love is blind. And you see somebody through the love glasses. So mm-hmm. you can't see the faults that you would ordinarily see if you were not in love with the person. So having those people around you will help you stay sane and you know will help make you, better decisions. Yeah, will make your yeah, may help you make better decisions and make your relationship better. Yeah. And so at that point where she had found somebody that could provide all the things that her father could not, she turned against her family. Yeah. You know, she told her dad, she told her mom that you're just angry because I found somebody that's better than your husband. Oh. And my dad, I'm like, sorry, is it your father you're talking about? You know, but anyway, that was like the extent to which she wanted to distance herself from that relationship. And then when stuff didn't pan out, like, okay, she told the guy, um, she talked about marriage and the guy went for several weeks and when she decided to move out and the guy came back you know delivered his fists on her face and everybody like her family was there for her when she came back you know despite what despite the fact despite how their relationship ended you know previously like the last experience and then her sister even up there to help her out and get her stuff the guy's house type of things are dangerous don't go back alone always have backup it's like going to say criminal what will happen if the guy just kills you and buries you in his backyard nobody will know so the eczema went there to help her sister retrieve her load and the guy shot her yeah and you know like I could feel like something bad was going to happen. Like I always feel when there's always this ominous feeling in the writing uh. you get. And uh. anyway, Sha, I could feel that something bad was going to happen. But I kept hoping, please, if anything bad is going to happen, let it happen to the person that made the decision and not the family. I mean, I know it might sound wicked of me, but like, um, I just didn't want something else to happen to an innocent bystander i was just trying to help anyway but what can i say it's the author's book and so isn't it died in cross fires of her sister and the lover Facebook. now that you've explained it it now makes more sense because i'm just staring at it i'm like i just i don't know if it was just the timing i was when i was reading it but i'm just like what's happening Oh, yeah. I'm trying to she was facing back. She was, but it's really cool how the author was like. What was writing, yes. And yeah. wrapped the story was like yeah. an onion in an onion. And I had to take some time to detangle it. And because each story was short, right? Yeah. 
sometimes I had to go back and I didn't feel bad about going back. I didn't feel stressed. Yeah. You know, so I actually like the fact that the series was short. I could take my time, go back and try and understand and detangle the relationships. Yeah. You get so cool. Like she was opening the door and then now she only used the behind of her, use her behind to use to say her past. There's so, so many like, side doors to the story. So cool. Mm-hmm. So cool. Uh, so, she was telling the stories that led to this particular story. Yeah, to that moment. Mm-hmm. Everything that led to that moment. It was like a flashback. Yeah, just that it wasn't um easy mass flashback. It was easy mass flashback. How is it a flashback when she doesn't remember most of it? It's like not the, it's, was... you know, it's actually not anybody's flashback. It's just the past. It was yes, it's the yeah, past. It's, it's something worried. like it's something like the story we read last week where they talked about several generations of a lineage. Do you get? Yeah. And each person was mirroring the story. There was no one central person. So, um, how do you guys feel um, the mother will react to Bibi? React to what? Do you mean, like, to what happened? I feel, yeah. Yeah, because, she reacted uh, to what happened when she came back see, home. Like, they told us what happened. Like, when she came back home, her mom didn't want to look at her, but... Like no, I'm talking about very... after the death of uh, after the death of Izima or oh after God. the death. Let me tell you. I feel like our mother will of... blame the death on Bibi. But those kind of things are tricky. Those kind of relationships are tricky. Those kind of you know tedious um, stuff is tricky in the sense that even though Bibi is kind of at fault, I mean she's not at fault. I mean human beings understand it. Like when stuff like this happens. We have to have somebody to blame, apart from the guy. So obviously, her mom will want to rush to blame Bibi, even though Bibi didn't shoot the gun, right? But there's also the fact that Bibi is her last living child. If she had like four other children's children or two other children, and maybe Ezinma was her favorite, okay, she probably like hate Bibi. But. Bibi is our only she child. Even before Bibi was born. Yeah, but she also kind of loved Bibi. Their relationship is complicated. You can't directly say hate. It's family. Like, they talked how about the how the mother was crying. Like, how tears were dropping from her eyes when the daughter came back bruised. So I can't, I, I don't think it's fair to say the mom hated her. She just had so many complex emotions on surrounding the birth of Bibi, like, and maybe how she felt about Bibi's name or how she felt about what she lost at that time. And maybe they just were not each other's kind of people. Mm. Like you could see that they were both, you know, strong-headed, they were both stubborn. Even in the yeah. short few pages, right? But you could tell that they, they actually both for stubborn people. So you could say, yeah, they were mother and daughter, sharp, but they had a completed relationship. None of them wanted to admit that they loved each other. Or maybe they loved hate each other. I don't know how to put those kind of relationships. But I don't think family is something you can directly say they hated each other. Or, you know. 
there's a sense of um, helplessness. Like when we talked about blood last time, right? How they talked about she found me, like when they met each other several years later, these two people that somehow, somehow were related to each other, but they would never know. Do you get? And they felt this connection. And for yeah. us that reading that book, the book, we sort of felt it was something for, about blood, something about the fact that they were connected by a woman. Like, their generations ago were related. Yes. And there's just something about family. That's what I'm saying. So, I don't think it's fair to say the mother hated her. Well, I'm reading something. Was it the mother that was crying or was it Bibi that was crying at the ending? I think it was Bibi that was crying, not the mother. Because um, when they went home, the father squeezed her shoulder. Then um, tears started coming out of her eyes. Then she looked at her mother. Her mother was still stone-faced. Then she turned away with a wet face. Now, who turned away? Was it the mother or was it Bibi? I don't know. May I assume it was the mother? Maybe that's why I felt a tinge of May I'm even just here wondering, like, what if the girl did not die? Because she looked like her sister from the back and she was, they didn't see how many times she was fired. And what if he, like, shot the gun, looked at her, found out it was her sister and took her to the hospital, like, thinking positively. I'm sorry. What if he shot or looked at her? So why does he care about the sister? I mean, he realized that that's not the person he intended to shoot. I mean, and he so was like, they are all the same. He just wanted to hurt her. If he hurt us, it, like, it's even more painful if he shot her sister than if he shot her. Because she's going to leave feeling guilty for the rest of her life. Yeah, but it's not everybody that dies from one shot. So they didn't see how many shots were fired. So you want just, to think We don't, like, the story is not over. So. We don't know if she's dead. It's just a short story. Okay, so we should just stop at the shorter and not discuss further. That's what you're saying. No, I'm saying that there are different endings to the story. It could be different endings to the story, just like Chimamanda has the thing around your neck. Yeah, it's an open ended. It's an open ended uh, ending. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Does anybody want to tell the second story? No, but he knew that it was his sister. He didn't know. He didn't know. He said her back. Answers. No, he said watching Ezima. Who? Oh yeah, who looks so much like her sister from behind? Uh So it was uh, behind the wall. Yes. Wait. When they said watching Ezima, who looks so much like her sister? Was he watching her as her sister? Or was he watching her as somebody that looked so much like her sister? He was watching her thinking it was her sister. How do you know that? She looked so much like her sister Uh from behind. He wasn't watching her from the front. He was Mm -hmm. behind her. But what if he's watching her wondering why she she looks so much like her sister? That's what I'm saying, that there are different endings to this story. 
I'll just say one ending. So we don't know. Because that's how I read it. He was watching her and thinking, oh, she looks so much like her sister, and then he fires the gun. Who wants to tell the second story? Or are we done discussing the first story? Yeah, I'm done. Oh, you did not say anything. Same here. I'm done. Ah, wow. Uh, I just you're done what? Listening to the story about the first one. Did you read the book? Oh, no. I, t- I said earlier that I had not read the book. Oh. Yeah, so I'm going to learn for the second Okay, then, Victor, tell the second story. Oh, wow. The second story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you understand so it? I, understand. I love the second story. I understood it to a point. Okay, then maybe Comfort should tell the story. Yeah, Comfort should tell the story. I was confused about yeah. that. I love the story. I love almost all the characters in the story. I love the fact that her and her dad play chess like almost every night, like after the dad's friend left. Yeah. Okay, so once again, it was um, it wasn't necessarily a terrible story, but like they at the first page of the story, they were introducing all the characters, all the characters we knew. First page, they were introducing all the characters, and they put this kind of suspense, like okay, there's something hidden, something's going on there, but you don't know, but you can't know until you wait till the end, kind of vibe. You get. So that's why I was so interested in the second story. I think this was actually my favorite story. Yes. So, anyway, um, the story started as, as a little child story. Do you um, When I reached the second story, I was wondering, why is this book titled What It Means When a Man Falls From the Sky? Do you get And, um, we should probably discuss this again once we get to the fourth page and talk about the similarities in the first stories that you know can classify to the title as what it means when a man falls from the sky but yeah that's something we'll discuss later so the second story originally started as a little children's story like a child um a child's tantrum okay so um she is a girl i don't know i think she never got into the girls club or anyway the point is there was this girl anita that was in this girl's class um wando the main i don't know is she exactly the main person she's the first main person in the story and um, she's like 12 or so and she's sort of a tomboy the way she comes up brash and yeah but she also wants to be long you know also wants to be in charge you could tell it in the way you know she went around so um there was this girl anita that was currently the head of the girls club and at that time that's like when poverty hits so some girls are wearing bra because poverty hit early some girls are not wearing bra so anita um created a sort of elite group elite club for only girls that were wearing bra then so when there's some sort of exclusivity and stuff like that, whether it makes sense or it doesn't make sense, people always want to join. And then this whole started because Anita claimed that her parents, um, she she saw this um, apparently super nice bra 
in a cutlet and Anita always claimed that her parents bought the bra for her and that's what she usually wore you know and so everybody flocked around her because she not just because she was wearing the super really cute bra but also because she had hit puberty early but Wando was always suspicious about it and so one day in the middle of class where everybody was available, boys, girls, everybody, in the outside of the open, she lifted Anita's shirt up so that she can check out whether Anita was actually wearing the bra that she said she, she claimed she had been wearing. Hmm. And, you know, children lie. Anita was not wearing the bra. Anyway, Sha. Um, because of that, she got scolded by her mom, and her mom kept telling her, wait till your dad hears about this. That is a threat that works on almost, like, half of Nigerian children. Because if you don't have all the non-traditional super cool dads, once they tell you, just wait till I tell your father. You know, you are fretting and you are wondering what's going to happen that night, because, you know, something's going to go down. Anyway, her dad was a lieutenant. Um, no, her dad was not the lieutenant. Her dad used to tell the story about the lieutenant. Her dad was not a lieutenant. Anyway, Sha. <clears throat> so her dad used to make her play chess with him in the place of one of her dad's friends, Emmanuel. And turns out that months before that, Emmanuel had committed suicide. They didn't tell us, you know, they just kept mentioning Emmanuel. But at first, I thought maybe they had a falling out, they fought or something like that, because they, she always said, in the place of Emmanuel. At first, thought Emmanuel died, then I thought they had a falling out before he eventually told us at the end of the day that Emmanuel committed suicide. Anyway, Sha, I've spoiled the surprise. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's so, surprise! How much I read the book. And that's because you read the book now. Moya has already asked, so it's a surprise. It's Moya's fault. It's not your fault. Uh, as maybe I thought. I thought we were friends. It's what's going on now? <laughs> You're supposed to have read the book, Moya. Is it true? Ah. Please just continue my story. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, um, her father. They described her father as a quiet man. It kind of reminded me of Gibbs, like NCIS chat, but you know. No idea who that is. Oh yeah, you should watch NCIS, then you know who Gibbs is. He's like the head of the team and he's quiet. He likes he builds boats in his basement. How come you watch all these series that I don't watch? Which one is NCIS? Which one is Green Anatomy? Watch um, um Moya, you, you should not say that with your everybody has their <laughs> You can't just say which one is Grey's Anatomy. I mean that series is old and so popular that you can't just open your mouth it's, it's, it's and say which one is Grey's Anatomy. Nobody has heard of which one is Grey's Anatomy. I'm here with you. That's what it's all about. I started it and I got bored. It's the same concept. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. You would like it. I'm not saying everybody would like it. But you can't say it as if it's something that nobody knows. I just secretly, I have this secret stash of American, I have some access to 
somebody that makes American series and once they do it, I know about it and it's some series that is so hard to find. No, these are popular series. That's not the main point. So this guy was quiet and he had few friends. And in fact, his friend pool was reduced to Emmanuel, as far as we know. Yeah. And so, anyway, Shad, but since Emmanuel was gone, who's that that is hitting fate? I wonder who that is. Please oh, yeah, suspect is you. Suspect has been, yeah. Has you just, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just yourself. This gang up is not good. I don't understand. <laughs> okay, let me continue. So, anyways, he always told one particular war story about um, Lieutenant Egypt, Jacob, and how he lost his rifle. You know, how he lost his gun. And he always told it. Yeah, like she said. Mm, Detail intended, okay, I'm reading from page 13. Detail intended to impart some inscrutable lesson was a still one my father had trotted out at various infractions over my short life. I heard it when I stole lipstick from my aunt's dresser. I heard it when my mother discovered me gathering ants in a plastic bag to put in a schoolmate's hair. I heard it after I got into a fight with the children who said my father was strange. And again, when I wanted to know why Emmanuel couldn't come to our house anymore. And later, why he had done what he had done. So her father never shared any other stories apart from that story. So she could tell the story. Anyway, Sha. So, um, <clears throat> when she got back to school after the night. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. We can start now. Um, we can start now. <laughs> Where was that? <clears throat> so, um, the next day when she got to school, right, she had suddenly been given this power. Why is nobody unmuted? Where are you? I can hear you. Okay. She had suddenly been given this power, like all the girls that that used to flock around Anita started flocking around her. She started looking to her like a leader because she had somehow unveiled the truth. She had become a superhero. She had shone the light of the darkness. She had unveiled a fraudster. So they needed a nominal leader and she was the one because she was the one that did the unveiling. Anyway, <clears throat> so um, when they flocked around her now, an incident happened. There was this girl, right? And um, one of the sidekick, one of the sidekicks pulled um, pulled the girl to her and told her that the girl lied about where the brother walks. Like she's supposed to dispense justice. She has become the dispenser of justice. She lied about where her brother works, so she should be punished or something. I don't know what you were expecting. And then, so she now said, okay, what's your brother's name? And she's like, the brother's name is Emmanuel. And she punched the girl. Like, she just punched the girl, like, out of nowhere. Everybody was just surprised. 
Like, I mean, even me, I didn't expect that. Quicks. Even, even me, I didn't expect it. Can we not please name? <laughs> I'm just trying to set up a midnight snack, please. It's not a crime. Thank you very much. Okay, then mute yourself. Not it. So, um, once she punched the girl, everybody just left that day. And because they were all wondering, why did she punch the girl? The girl. And suddenly she had lost her following. She didn't even get her following for more than a day. With great power comes great responsibility. Anyway, Sha, so um, that's when I sort of guessed that something was going wrong with the whole Emmanuel story. And her father now asked her, sorry, her father now called her once again to come and play chess. And this time her father didn't tell her the same story. He told her a new story. That apparently um, Emmanuel loved eating snakes. They were stationed in a village. Um, I think somewhere in Portacos. In, in yeah, Nugu. And Emmanuel loved eating snakes. So he would kill snakes. Like when the snakes were sleeping, he would tiptoe and he would you know, kill the snakes with his rifle. And then he would cook it. And they would eat it. Because he loved eating snakes. Apparently, the same snakes taste like fish. Um, but the point is, in that particular village <laughs> where they were, snakes were a god. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. And so, one day, Emmanuel saw a really big snake and attempted to kill it. But the snake was very stubborn. And every time he went close, like, Every time he almost went close to the snake, the snake would move round. And then the snake would shake vigorously. And that's when Emmanuel knew that he had crossed the line. And then they now said that the villagers now wanted to, they now told the tenant that um, They also told the lieutenant that they wanted the person that has been killing their gods. That is enough, is enough. And this lieutenant now told the guy that, oh, I'm tempted to give them to you and just close my eye and come, whatever they do to you. So that one now begged. So, and then just when, you know, things were, they were still trying to negotiate peace and all that, one of the children in the village went and tried to play with the snake or touch the snake. You know, children are natural, curious people. And then as he went to touch the snake, the snake wrapped around the child and suffocated the child. So he said the child died. So the, the she was not like, okay, what happened to everybody after that? They all died. Huh? Except the father. Yeah, except the father. Right. Yeah, the father ran away. <laughs> I'm guessing he ran away with Emmanuel from maybe mm-hmm. Emmanuel yeah. and killed himself. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, um, even as in, I felt so many things when I was reading the story. Do you get? Like, especially at that point where he talked about how he ran away, and then that was sort of like, um, they didn't give us so much information, but you could see that the father was also traumatized about the incident. The only reason why he didn't die was because he ran away. Do you get? And then suddenly, the stories were not usual. The child had to go to bed at the end of the day. But anyway, the point was there are too many stories in this story. So, and one was oh yes, I forgot about the part. Yeah, they talked about how um, because of what she did, because of her raising up the cloth of that girl, of the Anita girl. Guys also thought that they had the right to do it. They started like lifting her skirt and running away. Thank God, so immature. And then, yeah, but you know, at first they talked about how then um, the people gave us a shot into the cap, um, into her future, the Anita girl's yeah. future. And because of that, especially that Paul, she was angry. But then they kept doing it because maybe they, they felt that since they've already shown us her breast, I have the, obviously have the right to see her ass. So I don't know. I don't know what you think. Yeah. And then so she, she was appalled, she was ashamed, and then she just sort of got tired of doing any of those things. And then suddenly everybody's like calling an easy lead. And this is all a reaction to what this girl did. Yeah. But sometimes the consequences of the stuff we do are larger than we realize. Honestly. Yeah. Um, like that um, part in the story last well, week where they said okay. evil begets okay. evil and evil transmutes. Yeah. So painful. The poor girl, I'm sure her self esteem was affected. Anyway, so the point is, now that we've done telling the story, we have two stories to talk about um, what she did and her father's story. So, who wants to go first? Maybe a story, too. Yeah? Oh. Maybe even a little bit of Anita's story, too. Yeah, they said that Anita's only, before that, her previous claim to fame was that she had a three-year-old albino brother. Yeah. It's kind of weird. <laughs> What's weird? How to care about like a three-year-old albino brother? Yeah, like, why, why is this such a big deal? Was that it was a red side to see or he was super-skinned and maybe he had blue eyes or something? I don't know. I don't know. Wow, did you read the story? Yeah, I did. I did. And the father's last story struck me somehow. I feel like maybe the father always counted himself as a coward mm. ever since that incident because he ran away. I don't think so. I think he took I himself out. You know, he didn't, he didn't want to say that much. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to say that much to the okay. daughter. 
Maybe you're right. That he didn't play chess well that night. Yeah. But I think he was brave, though. To run away. Yeah. He had signed a, life, a death um, sentence or something. Then you ran away. It depends. Because I know somebody who ran away from the Biafran, in the Biafran war. And they were about to kill his platoon. And he had word from people that CEO, they're going to kill us. And he warned everybody. He's like, guys, let's go quickly. They're going to kill us. Everybody's like, nah, they can't kill us. Nah, it's not a big deal. He didn't answer anybody. He just stripped naked and ran through the woods and kept moving from state to state until he finally got home. His people that were there, all of them died. Like, they bombed the whole place. Sometimes, mm. like, running away is the best thing. Is it survival? Yeah, that's brave right there. No, but it doesn't it doesn't take away how he would feel about it. Yeah, for sure. Sure, he, he ran away. Sure, he survived. But those people were also his brother in arms. They were his family in the. Yeah, army. they were his family. Yeah, you get? And there's something called survivor's guilt. Everybody died, yes. and he alone survived. And maybe his last thing to survivor was the fact that him and somebody else survived and the two of them were there for each other you get they're connected by a bond that they both shared the same guilt maybe emmanuel's was even greater was obviously much more greater because he eventually ended up killing himself because of it but now he was alone in his guilt he must do get um i'm not saying that he won't feel guilty i'm pretty sure that maybe in his situation that's what it is I'm just, I'm just saying, saying I don't if know. it happens, sometimes. I think we can just say he's a man. We can't say he's guilty, he's brave, or he's courageous. He just wanted to survive. Yeah. Because sometimes, right, you think of it in the sense that even in the time of war, the reason why they are soldiers is because they are war, and they go to war knowing that there's more than a 95% chance that they will not come back. They won't return, yeah. Exactly. So them dying in war is expected. For you running away, something different. It's like a betrayal of sorts. So I'm not, I don't know if you can classify it as brave by certain standards. That's what I'm saying. So I think we should just say the guy is a survivor. I was really have told people all these wonderful stories if you didn't run away. Thank you, Moyo. Mm-hmm. It won't be a story now. And that's the point, man. You got to have missed out on it. You do know that's not a true life story, right? Let me just let you know. Every every story has like a true life. Um, every story has the kind of like. <laughs> that's probably I put the true life in essentially. Mine was a real life story. The one I told you was a real life story. I did a bit of it's one life. Most soldiers, I don't know, sure, but I think most soldiers, like maybe like seven out of ten, will put a gun in front of their head. They will not tell you that they're ready to die. Most people will seek peace for their life, I guess. Mm. Ah, that was a good meal. You guys should be telling me where, where you are reading interesting stories now. Abba. Are you funny? <laughs> Most of the stories we read are interesting. 
No, nah, you know, when you finish reading it, then you'll be like, oh, Muyo, have you read this? Do you know this? this? Like, it's a ginger me more. You understand? Like, I was telling you, read that story, that last week's story. It was very, very nice. Even though it was long. Like, oh my God. I cried sometimes. At some point, he oh, wow. just cried. Wow. I thought yeah. you were going Okay. No, you probably won't cry because, well, I cried for everything. I cried at the drop of the hat. The point is, the story had, there was, um, it wasn't what we expected. I had never seen the book before. Jumeiri told me about the book. So, Jumeiri just told me about the fact that it was Ghana in the past. So I didn't know what to expect. Okay. Um, oh. Third story. Huh? Oh, I thought we were moving on to the third story. Oh, uh, just talking about that Anita situation. Oh, okay, Anita. Yeah. That um, when they started lifting her skirts, yeah. I I felt this saying what she said. Um, let me read it out. What I hadn't expected were the boys who ran behind her during recess and lifted up her skirts as though my actions had given them permission. Yeah. As though because they had seen her bare breast, they were entitled to the rest. It was a boyish expectation most would not outgrow even girl. after they became men. That part and got me too. Like, and this is... Many this is men are still boys. That's yes, because I've seen, because I've seen your cleavage, I've seen the entire breast. So what are you hiding from me? I've mm-hmm. heard a lot of things like that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of things. And, and, I don't know. I can understand, like when she got to the point of like she just kind of surrendered to the whole thing. Like she didn't, yeah. she could, cried about it. She did this, and then she didn't know what to do again. And I'm sure people will be saying, when they are lifting your skirt, slap him or beat him or something. But she was just, she had just given up. And now, imagine, she cried, and after, after chasing them, she cried, she cried. And then when she just got, she got tired, that got now made tired. them start calling her easy. Like, imagine. And that's when we haunt her past girlhood. It just shows to go that you can't please everybody. You can't live your life on trying to please society. Because you will be frustrated and you will die because of it. Die early because of it. Ah. I just wonder if she even had any friends. I have to drop this call for now. I'll be back. Okay, bye. Bye. I just wonder if her selfless, I just feel like her self-esteem could have been affected. A lot of things could have happened to her. I don't know if she still had friends in the school because girls might be snubbing her. If it's like an Adrian thing, like I just don't even know how many people want to be her friend, really. So, you're right. Like every action, even as little as this, has an effect over time. You just can't tell. Okay, does anybody want to say more about this story? Okay, moving to the third story. So in the third story, let me, I'll tell the story. 
So the girl was what was her name? I'm trying to find her name right now. Her name was I'm still not that fool's name, but her name. Does anybody remember her name? Was her name ever told? I don't know. I'm seeing Cherry, and people used to Cherry say Cherry is our cousin, but oh, was her name never told? Ada. It just said Ada at mm. the point, but that's first daughter. That could mean that might not be her name. It might also be her name. Yeah, I know. Well, the girl in the story. Ada. I'll refer to her as the girl in the story because I really don't feel like that. Ada. <laughs> it's my story, I'm telling it. So, the girl oh. in the story, she. She was about to go to school in Emory in about two months for university. And her mom had probably just felt that she failed her because she expected like things of high standards from her. She expected her to like be valedictorian, like very top of the class, get all get very good grades, um, not be involved with guys, not take drugs, and just like be a good very good girl and just finished high school but she started noticing some like tiny things that the girl was doing i don't know if she knew that she was coping with her best friend but she liked the best friend because the best friend was also an immigrant but the best friend lost i think she lost her dad mom mom okay she lost her mom and that made her act out a, a bit and the mom didn't like the way she was behaving and she was telling her to stay away from the best friend, but how she didn't listen and she didn't care. So she she kissed one guy and then he was in front of like some teachers and students and they called her mom to the office and everything. And the mom was upset with her. She's like, Yeah, not like these Oyibo girls that you cannot do your body anyhow, something like that. So <laughs> she felt like the girl was already like a hope because she just kissed somebody i think she was young was in third grade third grade she was very young actually so her mom her mom sent her to nigeria to stay with her auntie in the summer and she's like i'm blocking you off from everything and she usually compares her to her cousin chinere as you know in which she knew to be the good girl she later found out that chinere's brother in quote was actually her son and she you know that that's what the the were passing over she got it because she slept with a married man and there's a point where the mom was telling her i think to be like cherry or something and she's like how can the girl have influence on me if she like because she had a child the married man but then the mom was like even single mothers can be good too and I like that part because people always have this like stigma associated with um, single mothers and maybe that they were sleeping around or they were doing this, but somebody could have just made a mistake and decided to keep their child and that doesn't make them a bad person. So she saw Chinere. Chinere was, they both had different relationships with their moms. Um, her mom was, I would say, less strict than Chinere's mom. But when she, 
I think it took her coming to see Auntie Hugo in action, like the relationship between Auntie Hugo and Chinere, for her to realize that her mom, her relationship with her mom was actually not that bad. And Chinere was in a very strict situation, like she had access, she didn't have access to a phone, she didn't, she wasn't allowed to go out or do anything. But when Ada came, I'll call her Ada because guys don't have to call Ada. So when she came, she they were both allowed to go out and Chinri was very excited about that. So they went for a fundraiser and in this fundraiser, I think maybe he's a married man's wife. I don't know. One Grace Ogige or something. They didn't actually say, okay, no, no, no. I don't think he's a married man. She was just a person that was meant to marry um, Ada's um, father before. That's what she said. So this woman came to kind of terrorize them because she, in front of like the people that we were sitting with, she mentioned that this girl was a single mother. She, she turned it around because they were drinking wine and she just like, what's her son's name? And she now said his son's name, Jonathan. So that's like, that's kind of solidified that the girl, that was her actual son. And then she talked about this girl's father and the battle they had to have um, for, for the mom to keep even some property because apparently the father's brother Brothers wanted to take some of the company and they still, they still, after five years, they still took some of the companies, but at least the mom was able to keep some and raise her child and they were living in America. So the, the woman really made both of them feel bad in the areas. And just because Ada um, was trying to defend Chinere that she had that experience. So Ada was kind of like a very tomboyish girl and she'd like dressing in like flannel pants and like baggy trousers and tank tops which I don't think is that bad but then her mom liked her dressing in a more classy way a more feminine way so <laughs> when she was packing to go to Nigeria her mom actually threw away or probably donated all of her clothes and gave her a whole new wardrobe inside her box and she had no idea until she got to Nigeria that was really interesting so they looked really nice on that day because um, Chinere didn't make up for her. And then they came back. Oh, they were, Chinere was so upset about that encounter with the Grace woman, the Grace of the woman, that she left and she was angry and she was crying. So I don't know where she went, to be honest. I don't know. Did you guys notice where she went? I don't know where she went. But she didn't come back until very late. And... Um, Ada was confused. I was wondering where she was. And she ended up meeting the great woman again. And then that woman now used her drive. Like, the, the woman now brought her home to her auntie's place. Her aunt was like, where's Chinere? And Chinere did not come back until like two to three hours after. And she didn't come out of the car. And her auntie was shouting at the window. And by the time she finally opened the door for her auntie, her auntie beat her to stop her. And... Yeah, she came back and she just, her baby was calling out to her when she came back and she, the baby ran to her and gave her comfort. But that baby, I thought it was really cute because he just really adapted to the whole thing and he was just like always hugging people. The only time they used to show him is hugging somebody. Like he's hugging, um, Adele, he's hugging the, the cousin. And at the point at the beginning, not in the middle, she was messaging her best friend that, she was like her cousin, her cousin is this and that. 
calling her names and stuff. But I think at the end, she got to like a very, like an understanding point with her cousin. So that's, nobody interjected. Jesus, was that the story you guys saw? Does anybody have anything to add to the story? Yeah, um, I don't know if you can speak to the relationship that the aunt had with her. With hearing. Yeah, before. You can't say the aunt was stricter than her. Because you don't know like their relationship before her daughter, her very nice and kind daughter got pregnant for a married man. I was speaking about the current I was speaking to the relationship of after the baby that they showed us. They didn't show us before, so I don't know. Exactly. But my point is the way you make it sound like the mother is one wicked woman. No, I just said she was stricter than this girl's brother. That's all I mentioned. There was a circumstance. So you can't use that to paint the whole picture. That's what I'm saying. Why is everybody silent? I'm waiting for you. Is that what you wanted to add? Yes, no. <laughs> okay, Victor, do you want to have anything else to say about the story? Mm, yeah, a little bit. I, um, I thought maybe um, Chinyere and her mother's relationship was quite good before that circumstance because when Ada came, came to the house, um, along the staircase, there were pictures of um Ada of Chinyere rather, Chinyere as a child with her parents. Then everything stopped, and there were no pictures of the baby. So I think it was that circumstance that changed the whole dynamic of their relationship in the family. So maybe, why you? Now I'm just wondering, is that all from the whole story? You guys made peaks the relationship between her and the mother. I was just wondering if that's all you guys have to say about the whole story. Um, there, I don't know. There wasn't really much of a point in the whole story for me. You know, it just went to highlight the fact that the grass is not always greener on the other side. Kind of side, and yeah. because of each of them were not, um, like their relationship was not what they imagined because they kind of did not like each other at first glance because maybe they felt that the other person's mother was better. Uh-huh. But yeah, that was like the only point I really got. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Did they mention where Cherry went after the? No. Uh, I feel it might be the girl she called. Which girl? You know, um, when she picked um, Ada from the airport, she requested for Ada's phone and then she called a girl or something like that. Yeah, I said then, yeah, she has to let me go out, kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just, um, I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't want to 
comment on their relationship you get because i don't know how i'm going to feel if my child is pregnant by a married man or if my child is pregnant after before marriage i don't know so um yeah i guess maybe we can say she was adapting to the situation and um that's what i'm going to say about that yeah, well, it was. Yeah, I liked the story though. It was very interesting, and I think this is this story. There was no like confusing storyline. It was straight to the point. You read it and you understand it. Um, we got to see different parts of things that happened to different people, um, especially when the lady came to those terrorize them. But that's something like. I could see happening in Nigeria, honestly. Like somebody just not minding their own business and just coming to make you feel like they're like, oh, this girl, you are looking good here. I'm going to make sure that you understand that this is your situation because I don't think you know your situation, but I'm going to let you know so that you don't feel good. Because I mean, like, come on, she knows her life story already. I mean, the girl may not have known this stuff about her father, but I don't think it was that lady's place to even mention all that stuff especially in public but it's something that happens a lot so i'm not surprised um but it was it wasn't it was an interesting story and i like how at the end of the day like everybody just seemed at peace and they were just enjoying that moment with the baby and yeah it was a nice story so bow i told the last story The last story, lights. Do maybe tell it. You say you liked it. I, I don't want to tell any story. Okay. Uh, you didn't read it. Light. Light. I read it. I read it. Light is. It's an alright story to me. Um, it's about a complicated relationship, a complicated family relationship. Uh-huh. The man, his daughter, and um, his wife. His wife who is studying in America. Yeah. She's studying for a master's degree. So um, uh, the man is left with the daughter. I feel like if it was a son, it would have fared better. But now he's left with a daughter. So there are a lot of unfamiliar um, territories he has to encounter while raising yeah. the daughter so um including um sex talk the fe- first period a lot of things then um she he got called to the school this where the, i think this is where the main story is when he um three years after the mother left um he got called into the school that um his daughter is sending a boy some notes and then he saw the boy and then he was like okay what is my daughter seeing in this guy but anyhow sure. then the principal um read the notes the daughter was writing and then he was like um who's making that huh? noise please mute yourself moyo 
I'm just asking the question, and then all of a sudden you you say you have an answer, Muyo. What do you mean by Muyo? <laughs> because I just I realized that the review is already on. I think targeted today. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but continue, Jay, before comfort started. <laughs> All right. Um, so basically, his daughter is a wild. Is a she's a wild cat. So and the he likes is- that about the daughter. He likes the fact that the daughter is free. So he promised the principal that he will talk to the daughter, but I don't think he didn't do that. He didn't chastise his daughter. So until like the third attempt, when he realized that okay, maybe I should actually talk to her, but he thought that if he should chastise her, she would. Um, the way it's put here, he said, um, she's his brightest ember, and he would not have her dimmed. So if he chastised her, she might feel down and some other stuff. And then the girl's mother is in a whole other world because it's not really a mother-daughter relationship anymore because of the distance and all that. And it's been three years right now. Two years she's, since she saw her mother. So you um, just talked about the fallout in relationship. There's a fallout and then when the mother started talking to the daughter, she started seeing something. She started complaining, basically. And um, I feel like the father was just trying to bear everything until he got to a point when when the mother um, said she would call her sister. That's where the father had it all. And then he went to get the shampoo. I think um, the daughter's hair was messed up during the video, the Skype call, and then the mother complained and she said, okay, she'll call her sister. Then the dad didn't want the sister because I think the dad didn't like his wife's sister. So he got a shampoo and did what he could. But even at that, the wife called um, her sister. The wife called her sister and then um, a whole lot of things happened. The daughter um, started resenting her mother. Uh, there was a period where she didn't talk to the mother for about a week or so. About a week. Um, and she was begging her husband that, okay, let my daughter talk to me, blah, 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 blah. So then later on, the wife informs the husband that she got a job offer in the US. And um, the original plan was that she would finish her schooling and come back to Nigeria. But apparently, it seems she has decided to change a path. So uh, apparently, it seems um, she had made a decision to work in the US. So, and they knew that he couldn't do anything. He said nothing and he couldn't do anything. Then the book also spoke about the future. He knows that um, his wife requests for the daughter. He knows that the entire family will um, support the wife. And then the one thing he didn't count on was 
the fact that his only ally would be his sister-in-law, who he doesn't like. So I guess um, he really loves his daughter. And then the last, the one bright star in his life is being taken away from him. That's one thing I could see from the distance. Yeah, I'm done. I know like some things like this happen, but I just wonder why couldn't the guy and his daughter relocate with like together? Why exactly? I don't know why the guy why didn't the girl? Because if she could send for the girl, she can send for the guy. Uh-huh. Why did we stop? Now I was just wondering why all the family couldn't relocate. I know that like they were never talking about relocating, it was kind of like a permanent change and she took the daughter and the guy was all alone. It was just kind of it was weird to me, but I know a lot of families like that's that's that situation. Maybe I he kind of, couldn't maybe he couldn't relocate. You know maybe he had like a job that he couldn't move from. You know that was not the plan. The plan was not them moving to live somewhere else. Yeah. But I, I, living is like a big thing. Like leaving your family, your friend, your roots, your job, everything to move to the uncertainty of staying in another country where you might not be considered. He never even got to see his daughter again. Like he got to see his daughter, right? On on the screen. Uh But that's not the end of the future. Who knows if maybe because of that he got upset and went to America to see her. As he said, it's an open-ended stuff. We can start to see the positive side of it. But yes, Relocating is not something that you just brush over. Yeah. So I really liked his relationship. I really liked the relationship he had with his daughter. And I liked how he he really wanted her to be free and not like held down. He was like at the at the I think at the end he mentioned something about people breaking her spirits towards the end. Um like society breaking her spirits or something. It wasn't the exact words he used. But I just really liked how he I don't know if it was if it was something he wished he could have in himself or something like that, but I just think he kind of envied that spirit that she had in her and he didn't want that to ever leave her. And he said it was keeping keeping away I think you say it was keeping away guys about keeping away what did he even call them? Keeping away the wolves. Yeah. Wolves. Was really cool. And the letter she wrote to the guy, what did she even say? That I'll give her, I'll, I'll give her to sons for you. Or I'll produce like many sons for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was a be freaky for the guy. Oh my god. Was <laughs> him because he was still asking about her when she left. Now coming to disturb her father, like, where is she? <laughs> I'll produce sons for you. It was a nice story, though. It, it, like, it sort of had an ominous ending, you get, but I don't know. I'm also glad that he got to spend time with his daughter, even though she eventually left with her mom. I'm glad that he got that time with her. So it's precious. 
Okay, so that's the final story. Any, yeah, okay, yeah, I said this before that we're going to talk about um, why do we think people post title, what it means when a man falls from the sky. Because that's one of the names of the short stories in the book. Say yeah. with Dina next, yeah. I do not know that. So why was the title not what it means when a man falls from the sky and other stories? Why was Chima Amanda's book the thing around your neck? Just the thing around, <laughs> around your neck and around your neck and that stories. True. That's a, that's a solid point. Okay, so nobody has anything to discuss about this fourth story. Okay. So, we kind of skip being in silence. <laughs> well, for the name now, we we're trying to call uh, people that listen to us, right? The first thing we came up with was caught red-handed, red no, red-handed bandits. But bandits means like arm robbers, like robbers and stuff. So, <laughs> we decided not to um so does anybody have any other idea of what we could be called that comes to mind and if you don't that's okay we can still talk about it but if anything comes to your mind just say it. Hmm. nothing for now okay Shad, just let us know and um what else next week we're reading four chapters again um, okay when do we when do we when do we progress back to reading long stories? You want to read long stories? We're not here last week. We read a three hundred page novel. Three hundred and eleven. We're on break. We're on break. Ah, oh, shit! So I missed that. Oh shit! Yeah, so we're on break. That novel was intense. That's the word mm. for it. It was very intense. I think I think I think I like I, I prefer those ones because. Like you're, you're giving all the details. Like there's no second guessing. All we talked about stories, it for like, like two hours there are so many or more. There's so many scenarios of what could happen in. Like there's no ending. There are like alternate endings. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh well. That's true. We talked about it for like two hours, didn't we? Oh shit! So I missed that. Anyway, I bring comfort. That's all. Okay. Wow. Ah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I just blame her. It just feels right. Never let you sleep at night. <laughs> okay, so this is the end of our session. Thank you guys all for coming. Moyo is going to pray for us in a minute. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Moyo, pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, Lord, first things first, want to say thank you. Thank you for a glorious week. Thank you for all that we set out to accomplish this week and you give us the strength to accomplish. We glorify your name. We worship you. We adore you. Let all glory be returned unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father Lord, we commit this new week we're about to embark on. Father Lord God, into your hands. Father, we ask for your protection. We ask for your guidance, O Lord God. And we ask for your strength to be able to accomplish whatever tasks 
that we set out to accomplish in the forthcoming week in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we go coming to our family members into your brothers far and wide, wherever they might be. Father, Lord God, let your protection be with them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, set your angels charge over them in the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask the Lord God for the strength, the enablement, and the opportunity to be able to gather here again a week from now and to be able to discuss all these short stories and long stories as well as to share ideas and talk with friends. Father, Lord God, give us the strength, the enablement, and the grace to be able to convene like this next week and do this, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, Amen. Lord God, Father, Lord God, we ask for your strength, O oh Lord God, upon each and every one of us in whatever it is that our desires are. Father, Lord, grant us the strength to be able to achieve our desires in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we ask for your direction in whatever we may do. Father, Lord God, we ask for your direction. Father, let us do, let your will be done in our hearts, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your will fall in the name of Jesus. Glory and honor and adoration be unto your name. For in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Samuel, you just came to say amen. Thank you for coming. <laughs> like Samuel, you're only... Yeah, you. uh, what happened? Uh, I've been here, funny enough, for a while. Sure. I was here for the last call before it ended. Uh-uh. Even though Samuel is here. Uh-uh. What's happening? Hey, wait, wait. Good. Hey, good evening. Wait, wait. I think I'm going have... What? I have an apology to give, first of all, Sha. Um, oh, yeah? What did it say? Should I give you an apology? I thought someone was speaking. Oh, okay. I don't know who is speaking. Well, someone was saying. <laughs> someone was saying that he came to say amen. Someone, what else are you saying? Did you miss it? I thought I've been here for a while, or. I did not say anything like hi or. Wait, what I was understanding the concept of the man and his daughter and everything, so are I just decided serious? to let you guys run with it. Oh, wow. Uh, I wish you had said something. Did you read your story? Yeah, I didn't finish it. That was why I felt I wasn't in the best place to really contribute the way I would have loved Moyo to. did so not read the book at all. You were in a better place than Moyo and Kim. <laughs> uh, uh, Moyo, <laughs> guy on the spot. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> we appreciate him coming. So even if you don't finish it, what I'm trying to say that he can still come. Oh. Can you imagine? Yeah. Since then, I felt kind of, you know, out of place or shy that I didn't finish it. It's okay. We don't judge. Thank God I shall make prayers. Yeah, we, we appreciate your amen, the prayers. Nobody else was saying the amen, so thank God for you. Yeah. Oh, so what were you trying to say? You're about to say apologies. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I was, gonna, I was about to send them my apology. Um, first of all, before I do that, Hello, Comfort. Uh, Moyo, what's up? Um, uh, good job. Semo Vita, how are you doing? <laughs> Victor, you've been posting about Semo since. I don't even know what is happening. <laughs> don't, don't let us start this. Don't let us start this. How fun are you doing now? No, I, I, I'll, I'll bring high modes. I'll give you, I'll send high modes to you. Don't uh, let us Victor, start. Victor, you're posting about Semo Vita. What's happening? Like, you guys, Semo Life, like, please, you guys. Uh-uh. Do you Someone make Semu that bad? I love Semu. I don't know why they slander. I love Semu. Hmm. I, I, I eat Semu, but I can't say I really love it that much. Please, no one loves um, Samuel. Samuel, please um, leave the meeting. Please. Bro, anyway. Oh, wait, oh. Um, 
Jesus, to just keep the apology. But, okay, wait, 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 Let me give my apology. Um, guys, what's up? I'm terribly sorry that I've, I've missed like a couple of meetings. I've literally been on the move, or like, will I say on the move and touring Nigeria? Um, I'll soon be out now because like I just got in from Abuja. Like, oh wow! I straight down. Yeah, so I've just been all over the country trying to do something. Uh-huh. So That's um, right there. Hmm. Money turns. We bless God. Came from Abuja. Like, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> You know this, right? Um, Baba, sorry, I forgot to um send your semu from Abuja, sir. Bro, all the good. So, um, okay. What's, what's, what's today's um write up about, if I may ask? If we read, can, can you imagine? <laughs> the man who fell from this. I mean, what what happens when a man falls from this guy? That's book we're reading. So next week we're reading the next four chapters. Okay, guys, thank you for coming, Shah. We really appreciate it. We've missed you guys here. So please come next week. And I hope you guys have a great week. Yeah, I'll definitely make it next week. Who is watching football? What's happening? (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Adios. Once again, this is Comfort. Thank you guys for listening. You guys are so awesome. You guys encourage us so much. I hope you have an awesome week. Also, don't forget to like, share, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cut Red Handed. See you next week.